Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... Character Fight Night! Where we pit the most styling, profiling characters of all time against each other in stipulation-style matches to discuss and determine which characters reign supreme. Who gets the win and how? Let's talk about it! Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of Character Fight Night. My name is Josh Wheats, and joining me, as always, at the analyst desk, my right-hand man, Jim Matamoros. Jim, how are you? Hey, Josh, it's a... Always good to be here. Thank you for having me every week here. Excited for some of these fights tonight. Yeah, uh, we have some good fights. Um, I tried to lock you out, but somehow I I guess you have a key. So welcome back. (laughs) I'll always find a way in. Did I say that out loud? Uh, (laughs) I guess tonight Jim is a person who's been on the show before and was nice enough to come back again. and is perfect for the analyst desk because he's good with numbers. He's good with sports, everything you need to be a, uh, you know, a sports analyst. Uh, Mr. Gary Fieldman, Gary, welcome back. Hey guys. Thanks for having me again. Always fun. You sound so excited to be here. Dude, I'm trying <laughs> to practice a podantic stuff, but really I'm like running around crazily here cheering. <laughs> I can't do that because it's like radio almost. You have great stamina because you don't sound out of breath at all from running around. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say that. Well, you know, I do a lot of cardio sitting on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Got a lot of practice there, so. As always, uh, still unable to find the key and get into his booth, but I know he's in there. Ty, joining us tonight. All right. Uh, yep, yeah, we won't keep uh, Mr. Metatron waiting in the middle of the ring for very long. So, uh, without further ado, Mr. Metatron, our ring announcer, will you please introduce fight number one? Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is fight number one and is a rollerball cage match. Introducing first. From Rollerball 1975, he is veteran star and captain of the Houston Rollerball team, Jonathan E. And his opponent, from Rollerball 2002, he is Former NHL prospect, Jonathan Cross! All right, Gary, so your fight, we had to rearrange the ring. We had to, uh, you know, take out some seating. We had to, you cost me a lot of money, man. Just, just. Go, go with your fight. All right. Well, you know, in honor of uh, the uh, corporate greed or the anti-corporate greed that just occurred with GameStop, 
I figured it would be fun to kind of have a little bit of a slant with that. So I went with uh, Jonathan E versus Jonathan Cross from Rollerball uh, 1975 to Rollerball uh, 2002. Now, before I talk about the fight, I got to say 2002 was a horrible movie. Okay, the remake of it. But there were some endearing qualities about uh, how the character uh, fought and a lot of the things he had to go through. But they were both about corruption, which is essentially what just happened this week. So now that I've introduced that a little bit and well, focusing in, personally, in my opinion, I think uh, Jonathan uh, Cross will actually win this fight. Um, my, first, uh, my first thing was um, was, how could I put it? Um, I was thinking at, at first that uh, Jonathan Jonathan E would actually uh, would be able to pull it off because of heart and all that stuff, but Jonathan Cross ends up being a complete psycho at the end. So, real real quick, Gary, don't mean to cut you off. Can you just uh, just explain yes. for the people at home who Jonathan E and Jonathan Cross are? Sorry about that. You guys, uh, I apologize. Uh, Jonathan E. Uh, is the star of the Rollerball uh, universe in 1975. He uh, plays the main character, and he's on uh, the Houston Rollerball team. Um, he gets, uh, he gets, um, he gets uh, drafted by the uh, by the corporate guys uh, to be able to do a few. Th- I can't even remember the premise of that movie. It's been way too long. But anyways, there's a little bit of corruption, and uh, Jonathan E. doesn't uh, agree with it. So. Um, they decide to set up uh, uh, a match at the very end to get rid of them uh, to be able to reinstall corporate power. Because at that time, it's all about corporate wars, and it's a massive corporatocracy here in the United States of America. So it takes place in the future. Um, Jonathan Cross is uh, the lead in the in the remake of that movie, and he's a hockey player um, that gets drafted by uh, LL Cool J's uh, a character out of everybody um, to be able to go to Turkmenistan where he takes place in a very brutal, almost uh, no rules allowed rollerball tournament um, in which uh, the local people are being abused by uh, a vicious ring of gangsters. And towards the end of the movie, he eventually um, breaks free and everyone uh, is on Jonathan's side and he kills a bunch of the corruption. So I hope that um, helps everybody at home. <laughs> yes it helped me i can tell you that <laughs> okay very good so anyways uh who will win i think again let me uh roll with that so jonathan cross uh will win um i think at the end of the movie his character um arc is actually a negative one and he ends up becoming a complete psycho and because of that his uh he he's a lot more violent than jonathan e is and jonathan e actually at the end decides against violence on the first movie, which is, which is interesting. The difference maker most definitely is uh, how Jonathan Cross has arced at the end of, uh, of the movie and his uh, psychosis and his, his ultra aggressiveness when it comes to violence. Um, it's uh, the difference maker because I think uh, Jonathan E um, does it more for you know, his at the end of his movie, when he's attempting to beat down the corporate giants, he's doing that for a moral purpose. Whereas I think Jonathan Cross may have elements of that, but 
it's almost like part of it is he has the decision to make to not kill somebody, but he decides to kill them, whereas Jonathan E. doesn't. So how it play out is it's going to be a close fight. There's going to be a lot of circling at first as they go around the rollerball uh, arena. And if you can imagine a regular rollerball uh, arena, that's how it is. And they will eventually uh, uh, meet in the middle, and it will be a very close uh, combat filled with them shifting, breaking in and out of the close combat. And this is where I think Jonathan Cross has a little bit of an edge on Jonathan E. Because he comes from the NHL, and uh, he's used to a lot of the fist fights. So in the end... That's actually kind of what I was going to say. Sorry to yeah. interrupt. I was kind of... You're good. I was, thinking I was wrapping up. Thing. No, no, no. You're good. Go. You can go ahead and finish up. I just wanted All to right. interject that yeah. real quick. So as a result, yeah, Jonathan E. has heart, but Jonathan Cross is a psycho, man. He's beating people with a freaking... Uh, with a metal stool. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I think at the end, he, he's got it. All right. I'm sorry, Jim. I took up a lot of time, so it's all you, sir. No, that's okay. I mean, you kind of really said a lot of it already. This, You know, these are, you know, definitely probably the most human characters that we've had in, I think, all of our <laughs> character fight nights, at least all the episodes that I've been a part of. Um, Kyle Reese. I, that's true. That is true. I do. I keep forgetting about Mr. Calories. <laughs> Ty loves it. We 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 can never forget calories. I uh, man, this was kind of a weird, kind of a weird match for me to like think about who is going to win. Originally, I was kind of thinking, you know, Jonathan E was going to win just because of like he, he. It almost seemed like he was in a little bit more brutal of a of like a version of this, but looking looking back or doing a little bit of my research and listening to Gary kind of talk about it a bit, it almost seems like the newer one is the little bit more brutal match. Um, and, you know, like Gary also mentioned the NHL background, which was kind of a really big kicker for me. The NHL background, I think, is going to come into play um, because he's going to be used to doing, you know, like doing some of those checks and getting some of those fist fights because, you know, that's how, that's how you know, hockey works. It's, it's like one of the unwritten rules of hockey. So I think that like somewhat of a fighting background might come into play, but I mean, like I agree. I, I also think it's going to be a close match. Um, but for me, Jonathan Cross from Rollerball 2002 is going to win solely because Paul Heyman's in that movie. That's the only reason I think that that <laughs> like that they're going to end up coming out on top. <laughs> I don't really have like a wow. Go ahead, Josh. I was like, that's an interesting reason considering Paul Heyman is not involved in this match at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. But I was just scrolling through and I saw the picture of Paul Heyman. And I was like, what? He but has the spirit of Paul Heyman behind, like, behind his back. Like, yeah, with the with the punch you know. of an a NHL professional. Yeah, yeah. so like he calls um, on the the aura of Paul Heyman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and whenever you have Paul Heyman in your corner, you're always a winner. So, <laughs> but, um, no, like to kind of bring it back around, I am not really like too sure, like how this match is going to play out. We are going to see a lot of, obviously like, you know, them going around, around the ring. If you can kind of imagine this ring for those of you who don't know what a rollerball ring is, it's almost like, like a, a roided out, um, roller derby ring. So it's very. Like you, you can go up on the walls. It's very curved out, but it is a circular ring, a very circular ring. It looks almost I, more like, circular than a rollerball, than like a roller uh, derby ring. 
I'd like to interrupt for a second and just say you're you're on point exactly how you're describing it. The way that I described it to myself is it's roller derby with motorcycles and a ball. <laughs> Pretty much. So I mean you have you have like for some um, reason they threw motorcycles in there. <laughs> so you have you have your cyclists. So here, let me kind of, let me kind of break it down for you a little bit here. Uh, give me just a moment. So you have your cyclist, your motorcyclist. You've got your um, you know your your rollerbladers. Um, and I'm trying to remember if there was one other one. So, but I mean, those yeah, are your basic. No. Like, yeah, you've got like you know you've got like some like wicked like different like things going on in this ring so it's a very intense very fast-paced ring um so like to kind of you know see how this is going to go so if i remember correctly the two main characters here both jonathan's are part of the roller like they're on the roller blades um so there's going to be a lot of checks there's going to be a lot of you know hits and i i don't know i think i think like jonathan e is going to get checked one too many times that he's not going to be able to to be able to come back from and you know it's gonna be a very simple match in a way so i know i'm not really like super descriptive with this one but (laughs) i it's just there's there's, it's hard for me to like really be kind of kind of super descriptive with it i think i'm gonna uh i'm gonna break from tradition here and i'm gonna actually let ty go first and see if he sways my decision because i don't want it to be unanimous so I want to see <laughs> what you have to say before I give my opinion. So we have if one. I... So I'm re- recapping. Right? We have one for uh, Jonathan E. Right. And one for Jonathan. No, we have, we have both no. for Jonathan Cross. Yeah. Jonathan Cross. That's the new one, right? Yep. Yes. All right. Yes. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Josh. Listen to me. You All listening? Right. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm all ears. He's a hockey player first that got drafted into rollerball. The other guy grew up on rollerball. He is rollerball. And in in this one, in the old 1975 version, it's more about what this that violence is wrong and that he's feels sympathy for the end. So in the end, um, both teams are killing each other and killing each other so fast. It's not a real fight. And the te- the crowd's cheering. Oh, my God, it's so great. It's like Running Man uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? It's the Hunger Games. We're all screaming, oh, it's so mm-hmm. great. But as more and more die and are carted off the thing, he's the last man standing. And he has this somber, I'm the greatest out of all this death, kind of like when you're that last man, you carry a level of... Yeah. Survivor's survivor's guilt, but like the strength that comes behind that because somehow you made it out and took a victory lap, a silent victory lap as as a team, as everyone's chanting your name, right? (laughs) Josh, Josh, Josh. (laughs) So you got that inside built um, part. And, you know, um, we're talking, here's the other one. You're talking Chris, Chris Klein, right? Pretty boy, Chris (laughs) Klein. (laughs) <laughs> versus uh James Kahn. James Kahn, who's Sonny Sonny Corleone Corleone in the Godfather movies. He's and he's worked with mobsters. I'm pretty sure this guy's got some training on how to murder somebody. 
James Conn, the actor. James Conn, the actor. <laughs> actually, here's a fun fact. Here's a fun fact that I was reading. So the FBI actually thought he was an aspiring, when he was an unknown actor, thought he was an aspiring mobster because he was researching the role for Sonny Corleone. Corleone. Oh, Corleone? Okay. Corleone. I know I'm having a hard time for that, saying that. <laughs> but, so <laughs> that's okay. We do a podcast. It's all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's that. Uh, you put me in a spot because I wanted to go over the rules, but I don't know how to go over the rules now because I was going to do it in my little section. The rules of rollerball. I know. Jim Jim has a knack for taking your segment. <laughs> he didn't do it. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. Like I, I'm, There's more rules I can go over to rollerball. <laughs> there's surprising a lot of rules. Right. But uh, the point is, is at the end of uh, the 1975 one, the rules were uh, removed. Yes. So, Almost yeah. entirely. Yeah. Yes. No time limit. Score, exactly. It was going to be ultra brutal. Um, the first one to score, I think, won. And so there were no penalties. So it was just going to be a brutal bloodbath. I believe that was the same thing in the new one, right? They removed all the rules and stuff. Uh, I think that one was a more violent one to begin with, though, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. But, you know, you can get into an argument of the times in which they were shot. You know, I mean, physically, you know, like the film, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got to admit, you did change my mind of one thing, but I'll talk about that after Josh talks about things. <laughs> Ty, do you still have more in your uh, I got, bag? I got the rules of rollerball. Okay. Rollerball is played by two teams of 10 players each, five skaters, two catchers, and three motorcyclists. The game is played in three 20-minute periods, much like hockey, making for one hour of total game. A steel ball is shot into a circular arena, which sidelines for both teams are created in the center. One of the catchers must capture the ball before it rolls into gutter, that where it's declared a dead ball, and one must be fired. Once the catcher has captured the ball, he passes it to a skater. The, the team goes on offense and attempts to put the ball in the hole. And that's basically the game. Skaters may latch onto their motorcyclists, Motorcyclists may attempt to block the opposing skaters. Injured players are removed from the field by medics and replaced with substitutes. So I saw that bikers can't touch bikers, skaters can't touch bikers, and bikers can't touch skaters. <laughs> like yeah, the opposing, it, the opposing skaters. You can't latch on, as they call it, to someone else's motorcycle. Mm. All right. So here's my my argument. Unfortunately, Ty, you did not sway my decision. Uh, I have to lean Jonathan Cross. And here's, here's my reasoning. So uh, here's the differences between uh, 1975 and 2002. 1975 is based in a futuristic 2018, which is kind of funny. Uh, oh, my God. Considering 2018 was nothing. We didn't have rollerball. I'm kind of disappointed, actually. Uh, he plays for Houston, who somehow plays uh, Spain. I don't. I don't really understand that. He the plays world Madrid. sport, Josh. Yeah, sport. I would say because they like go face, like Japan, but then they come back to face New York. Oh, that's right. That's like Tokyo. Yeah, they're playing New York. Yeah. So uh, it's a world sport. In 1975, they're fighting like basically the corporation. I know Gary, you touched on that. You know, corporate greed and all that stuff. Um, in in the old movie compared to the new movie, uh, they want James Conn to retire, but James Conn 
wants to keep playing kind of like they're trying to force he, him into retirement. He wants to keep playing to combat the, the, the corporate greed because right. he was trying to do a bunch of information, like do a bunch of research and information on a lot yeah. of this stuff. And they kept shutting him down. So he did that as a stand against the corporation, which is why he yeah. chose to play. Well, my point is they, they want him to leave the sport and the mm-hmm. new movie, they want, uh, Jonathan Cross to stay in the sport as a star player, so it's a pretty neat, um, you know, difference between between the two. It's like polar opposites. Uh, the characters, um, how they're in the sport. Uh, <laughs> so the 2002 movie is a dystopian 2005 setting. Jeez. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, he plays for Kazakhstan instead of houston and we all know that area of the world is is pretty pretty not so um and we're not well yes we are we probably (laughs) we probably made them that way honestly uh so here's here's a fun here's a fun fact in the 2002 movie there's cameos by paul Heyman. jim you said that yeah uh shane mcmahon oh no the singer pink and Slipknot. <laughs> what a wild uh, time. And so here's here's my big thing is I know Gary, you talked about the sh- the shooting times. Obviously, one was shot, you know, years ago, what, 40 years ago? The other one was shot uh or no, 50 years ago? Where's my math? Is that right? Anyway. Sure. Uh, it was shot in nineteen ten. Long, long was- ago. Yeah, the other one was shot in 2002. Uh, obviously, the uh, way people go out and stuff, you know, the way they die are different. The 1975 movie, his uh, James Conn's friend Moon Pie, his partner, gets punched in the back of the head and put in a coma. And Jonathan Cross's partner, Ridley, gets shot by a sniper rifle while he's driving his motorcycle <laughs> over a bridge. So I don't know, man. That's just more badass <laughs> to me. It just seems like the stakes are higher. So is like did... a sniper going to show up in our stands and just like set yeah, up in right? the corner and just like snipe you him never know what happens. <laughs> what is Kyle Reese doing up there? You <laughs> You said it yourself. James Conn could be a mobster. He could hire a sniper to take out. This is, true. <laughs> this, this is a, uh, I don't know. Is it a disqualification match? How does rollerball work? Well, I mean, it ends when on... everyone's dead. I think that's like. <laughs> or when they remove all the rules. Yeah, absolutely. You know, at that point, the whole bets are kind of off there. So my point is I'm going, I'm going Jonathan Cross. I just think the, uh, Kind of, kind of going off of what you said, uh, Gary is he's a little rougher around the edges. He's a little more uh, less mentally stable, I think, than uh, than Jonathan E. And I, I would think, be too if I was in such a bad movie. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I don't think it wanted anything except this fight <laughs> with a three percent Rotten Tomatoes score. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad reviews. Oh, Ty said that it won Razzies. Rebecca was nominated. Romaine. Rebecca oh, Romaine Stamos okay. was nominated for a Razzie, but lost to Madonna and Die Another Day. So both equally <laughs> not the best performances <laughs> ever made. Fantastic. 
All right. Uh, Gary, did you have final thoughts? I know you said you wanted to wait. I do. I I do. And what the final thought is, is that if you consider how long Jonathan E. has actually been in Rollerblade, which is one of the points that Ty made, that he grew up on it, right? I would think out of experience and uh, being on skates, remember there was one note where I think uh, both said Rollerblades, but no, one is on Roller Skates, which is Jonathan E., and the other one is on Roller blades yes uh which is jonathan cross so uh to the to the point of of um experience and experience with the dirty tricks and all that stuff i think jonathan e might have a few more dirty tricks up his sleeves because of his experience in the sport and if we consider it from that standpoint i would have to lean jonathan e but here's the thing though is like you talk about like experience, like, yes, you have experience in the game, but Jonathan Cross is also an athlete in the NHL, which means he's got like experience being on some sort of skates, whether it's rollerblades or roller skates. Now I've done both. I know they're slightly different, but being athletic and stuff like that, you're going to have like a predisposition to be able to like survive in a sport that you're slightly unfamiliar with. So absolutely. But the thing is, is it's all about the dirty tricks of each sport and that's it. And yeah, you know, and then, I mean, I agree with you on that. I mean, he's a rookie, and that's the point. He's a rookie. If he had been in the league for a year or two, I'd totally go with. Uh, I would totally go with him because you know you watch the movie. I mean, dude's freaking nuts, and it, and that is uh, that's the thing that lame me. So yes, I, I'm going to switch to Jonathan. E. It's heart plus moral plus uh, plus he's a vet. It's like um, I, I hate to say it. Uh, tie but it's like tom brady in the super bowl right it's gonna be a good game either way so you know go, go bucks <laughs> you know, uh so two things real quick uh i think i'm on gary's side uh, as weird as that sounds if we're just going like a rollerball match then yeah it's like tom brady against you know I'm trying to think of a rookie, Jared Goff. Anyone. I hate Jared Goff. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think that I, I will jump to Jonathan E. also. But I also want to cut you guys off and say, if you want to hear more about this fight, you can tune in next Thursday, or sorry, next Monday for, for uh, our episode after the fight, where we're going to dive a little bit more into it. So come check it out. So Jim, are you staying? Uh, Jonathan Cross. I yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna die on this hill. I think for me because I'm looking at this a little bit less of like you know like just the rollerball specifics and more of like this is a match that they're trying to win against the other person. So I think you know uh, I think having that that you know athletic predisposition of being in the NHL and like you know having you know the like what he what he deals with in in the NHL basically and like as a hockey player and stuff I I think that's going to like really kind of come into a little bit of a play. So once he gets familiar with the ring and once he gets familiar on the skates I think he's going to be you know a little but, bit a little bit more of a force to be reckoned with. But okay. but that's a total disregard to the other one doing the sport forever. He's a veteran of the sport. He knows how oh, to I'm do it right now. I'm not saying that it's going to be a fast match. No, I'm not saying it's it, going to be like he's going to knock the he's going to knock the snot out of the other guy just because he's a hockey player. It like, also no, no, this is going to be a close match. It also says that he's a NHL hopeful. He doesn't. It doesn't say that right. he's an NHL player. 
Oh, exactly. yeah, I didn't see the NHL. Yeah, he, he never he never made it to the NHL. I'm usually I use it more <laughs> as a reference to um his hockey roots. He was trying to get into the NHL. He didn't get drafted. So that's when LL Cool J said, Hey dude, if you need cash, you should come over here, right? It's so, like uh it's like it's like Tom Brady oh, against Happy part. Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> See, okay, so then I completely missed that part then because I, I guess I must have like glanced over that then because I saw the NHL. I know we were talking about it and I kind of went like tunnel vision. Um, but I got to say though, you can't knock Jonathan Cross's uh, psychosis at the end of that film. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm already here. The ship's sinking. I don't feel like okay. swimming today. Yeah, so, because we got to move on. So I need, I need answers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'll just stick with Jonathan Cross. He's dying on the hill. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Character fight night. All right. <laughs> Jim, I respect that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> He's like, ah, I'm too lazy to move. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just go down with the ship. Yeah. Do I have to swim? Uh, all right. So, excellent starting fight. That was a lot of, uh, a lot of information. So, we're going to move right on to fight number two, which is a no disqualification match. So that should be fun. As if this wasn't, right? With motorcycles and <laughs> all this. Uh, but Mr. Metatron has made his way back into the ring, which means it's time to send it down for fight number two. The following contest is fight number two and is a no disqualification match. Introducing first. From the Capcom Universe, representing the Robot Master Species, he is the Blue Bomber, Blue Metal Hero, Mega Man! And their opponent, from Metroid, in the Nintendo Universe, representing the Galactic Federation. They are Bounty Hunter and Protector of the Galaxy, Samus Aran! All right, Jim, now's your, now's the time for retribution. So take it away. Yeah, this is, I mean, I, all of our matches are always tough. And I always, I always feel like I bring in like these, like <laughs> these really tough winning matches because I have no idea which, which way I'm going to go just yet. So just bear with me on this. But we've got, you know, Mega Man versus Samus. So Cyborg versus, I think I said it on after the fight, Cyborg versus Lady in a Suit, which, which is a pretty good like description of both of these characters. Um, they're both similar in some ways, but they're like very different in many other ways because i mean they both do have like your your blasters you know mega man has his mega buster um and uh samus has her arm cannon but that's kind of where some of the similarities end so you know they both have they both have very like supernatural i want to say supernatural i don't want to say superhuman abilities necessarily because Samus doesn't have necessarily superhuman abilities, but she does have very, she's a superior athlete. So she's able to, you know, run and jump past human ability. Um, she's had warrior training from the age of three. Um, 
you know, and different things of that nature. Whereas Mega Man is a cyborg. So he's got your superhuman strength, stamina, reflexes, durability, and things of that nature. Um, both of them have, you know, like a few other weapons. Uh, Samus has, you know, her morph ball, which allows her to use bombs and power bombs, which are very effective. Um, she's got her missile launchers and she has various missile types as well, depending on like upgrades that she can grab. Now, whether some of those upgrades are going to be available in the ring, I can't say for sure. You know, Mega Man is, he's got his Mega Buster. Uh, he has a Mega Kick that he's used in one game. I don't know how prevalent that one's going to be. You know, he's got his his uh, weapon copy ability. So depending on the the like the robots that he defeats, he can grab those weapons and use that essentially. But the caveat with that is he can only do it from machines and not organic beans. So I don't believe he would be able to do it against Samus. So that's going to be kind of a really, really big kicker. Um, but Mega Man does have intelligence on his side. So he's got, you know, he's a, he's a skilled combatant. Uh, he is able to defeat. Um, he's able to defeat hordes of enemies and stuff that he's been able to do in the past. He's able to master any weapon that he's able to get. And he's adapt, adaptive to other fighting styles, which is going to be really help, which is really going to help. Um, but Samus has a hand-to-hand -hand combat ability that I don't think Mega Man is going to be able to really contend with. And I think that's going to be the big kicker for me, is that hand-to-hand -hand combat that Samus has. Now, that's not her primary form of attack, but it is huh. something that she can rely on. Yeah, so it's huh. very... It, yeah, it's very kind of, you know, so Mega Man has to stay at a distance because we don't know if he's got, you know, a hand-to-hand. -hand. I mean, we've never really seen hand-to-hand -hand stuff. It's always been dealt with, like, his, his Mega Buster or his other weapons that he's gotten from other enemies that he's defeated. So the way that I'm going to see this playing out is they're, they're going to come into the ring and they're going to do their normal, you know, they're going to fire at the enemies or at each other like we, they would do with their other enemies. Um, Samus is going to realize that Mega Man is kind of able to dodge or deflect or kind of take some of those hits from her. Um, she might use stuff like missile launchers and her morph ball and stuff like that to kind of, you know, try to subdue him. But I think he's going to be able to either again kind of get away from that or be able to absorb that in a way that she hasn't been able to expect. She's going to be able to get up close and Mega Man's not going to be able to contend with that he's going to have to keep trying to move away and she's going to keep trying to move closer because they're both skill combatants. So they're both going to be able to kind of adapt to a new area, to a new you know, setting, to a new enemy. And I think well, Samus is going to come out on top. They're not going to a new setting, all right? I, I, well, I paid for them to be in the arena. <laughs> so when I say new setting, I mean that they're away from their normal, like, away from wherever they're normally from so the the cfn arena is a is a new setting for them so yes you paid for them to be here but this <laughs> is an unfamiliar setting for them paid in blood mm -hmm. didn't we all <laughs> so let me interject here jim because i'm going to tell you i don't it so in the words of delina who was our guest last week i'm going to say what because <laughs> what I think you're completely wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let me start off with some fun facts. So I just found this out. Mega Man is four foot four, yeah. 230 pounds. Oh, Samus, okay. 
Samus is six foot three without her power armor, six foot three, 198 pounds. So I can tell you, first of all, without even looking at my the rest of my notes, I'm six six. Somebody who's tall is clumsy as shit and goofy. Now I know she's a badass and she does like the whole shooting alien. I was gonna say, like I was like, you cannot put that on Samus because she is small and skinny. But she uses that to her advantage because she's like the smaller figure allows her to get into smaller spaces and kind of she makes her a little bit more agile. So just going to throw that back at you. So I wrote down that Mega Man is a he's a robot man. This is this is kind of what you said at the beginning. He's a robot man, right? He's yeah, essentially a robot. Uh, Samus is a I woman would. in a robot suit, essentially. So, uh, they have some weaknesses. So Mega Man's weaknesses are pitfalls, <laughs> lava. <laughs> I did see that. Yeah. Uh, spike sharpened at the molecular level, which I don't think Samus is able to do. Um, spikes charged with massive quantities of energy, which maybe because she does have those energy, you know, cannons and whatnot. Uh, Samus's energy. Uh, sorry, Samus's not energy. Samus's weaknesses. Uh, she has a crippling weakness to cold, which I don't really think that. Um, you know, I don't. I tried to look it up. I don't think Mega Man has any cold attacks. He does if he has been able to like get the weapons from any like freezing cold like enemies he's fought in, in the past. So if yep. he's able to bring in something from another enemy that he's fought in, then he will be able to like to use that cold against her because I did actually see that as well because of her yeah. like infused like alien DNA that she had gotten from the, mm. um, the Metroid that uh, gave her that crippling weakness to the cold. So her other crippling weakness is fighters up close, which is the opposite of what you were talking about. And Mega Man does have hand to hand combat proficiency. And that my friend is going to be, Samus's downfall. She is not going to be able to contend with someone coming in throwing punches because she is a shooter. And Mega Man, you guys used it on me last time when I brought somebody in the Super Smash Bros. argument. Uh, Samus is. I looked it up. I went to Reddit. I went to. <laughs> I went to the wiki. Uh, her weakness is enemies being up close, up close and personal. So if uh, if Mega Man can use his rope, if he can use his slide that he can do, he can get up in mm -hmm. her her junk and knock her the hell out. Your Honor. Yes, I but I case. think he, the only the only thing that I really was able to see that he has is like a like I said, there's a mega kick that he has, and I thought he I saw an uppercut that he had as well too. So it's. I, I I don't know. I think you and I are going to have to discuss that a little bit more. We but can I discuss hear... it after the fight. We can do that. So, but for now, I want to hear Gary's side. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I've been hearing both of you guys, and and, and it's really it's an interesting uh, fight to look at because you guys didn't mention what Mega Man's um, weakness is. You know, and his weakness is puncturing attacks to his armor. Now, granted, as you as you move forward, that you're able to, um, you know, when you play the games, you, you could get stronger armor to avoid that. But um, 
I, I seem to recall this boxing match, um, you know, here in reality, uh, what, about 20 years ago uh, when we are talking about reach. And it was uh, Holyfield versus Tyson. I think Tyson bit an ear off in that fight. But the reason why it applies is because of uh, Holyfield's reach. He beat the hell out of um, Tyson because Tyson couldn't get in. So the thing is, is that um, uh, Samus is able to jump around as well. So she can jump and avoid and get out of uh, the close combat range, which is her weakness. And slowly over time with some of her attacks, you know, she's able to she'll be able to puncture the armor and damage uh, Mega Man. Now, Mega Man ha obviously has some leverage if he does get up close and should be host, but I don't think uh, he's going to be able to do that. So in, in my mind, I think the, the battle really comes down to reach and, um, and all that. Now, there's one thing I got to mention. You said six foot three. Well, yeah, she's six foot three in her armor, but she's actually five foot seven outside of the armor. So she's tall in the armor, not so tall outside of the armor. So it's the armor that has a lot of that. Plus, with her alien DNA, I think she um, will be superior um, fight-wise as long as she's able to stay out of range um, from Mega Man. And from what I can tell, I think that's, that shouldn't be an issue. She has just way too many armaments. Mega Man's cool. Don't get me wrong. I dig the guy. But, you know, for me, my vote is going to be uh, uh, same as... That's interesting. Josh. Where did where did you find the uh, five seven thing? Because I looked it up, but it said six three outside of her armor. But I also see that now she's five three outside of her armor. So there's definitely right. conflicting reports. So well, she's uh, under six foot. We should agree on that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So this says, from what I've always understood, Samus Aran without her suit is basically an Amazon at six three hundred ninety eight pounds. So I'll defer to Ty. And see if maybe he can uh, he can find some some info on that. Uh, last second throw to me on that one. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's just a it's just a Samus height Google, <laughs> and, yeah. and that could be our next fight. How tall is Samus? <laughs> <laughs> Gary versus Josh, the ultimate showdown. Dude, you got reach, man. I'm gonna lose. She's changed but, throughout the years, but the Super Metroid Nintendo's player guide describes Samus as a muscular woman who is six foot three and weighs 198 pounds without her power suit. That is from the official Nintendo's player's guide. Okay, fair enough. So she's lanky. There you but, go. It doesn't, help now, if, my, it doesn't help my argument because she has a bigger reach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So. It looks I like some... looks like I'm dying on a hill. Ty, what do you what do you have? Save me, please. <laughs> I'm gonna try, man. Um, so I found it very amusing that their their weaknesses described uh, was just like platforming weaknesses versus arcade shooter weaknesses. Uh, like, <laughs> up close, <laughs> you don't want to do an arcade shooters, and then like pointy objects is <laughs> Mega Man's. So I thought that was amusing. But um, Mega Man has some tricks. Even if you take his weapons out, Mega Man has a lot of tricks up his sleeve. Um, he can shoot through large blocks. Um, that's a casual one. But uh, he has a power called the magnetic beam, where he can create mid-air mid platforms to jump on. And that's his whole deal, right? So his goal is going to be to get to them and jump over them. It came up that she's going to roll around and all that, like her abilities do. But he can go over those. Um, he also can create balloons and platforms. He has a grappling hook that's um, already on. 
and uh, he can do um, the mega arm. Mega arm, he could shoot his own arm out and bring it back. So if he just shoots that at Samus, it can fly off his arm, punch her in the face, and come right back to him. Uh, no problemo. But here's the game changer that I think was missed. Mega Man is not alone. He has the ability to call in Rush. Do you guys know who Rush is? Yeah, I completely forgot about Rush. He can call in Rush the dog, and Rush has a ton of abilities. He's a jet. He's a motorcycle. He's a bomb. He's a power (laughs) adapter. He's a coil for him to jump on and get to hover uh, higher spots. He's a hoverboard. Like so, and he has the power to call in Rush, and Rush is part of Mega Man's thing. So I would not put it past him to use it in a no knockout or no. was this one called DQ? No, no DQ. Yeah. No DQ for him not to call in Rush in this kind of situation. It's just a pause. And then one last thing to put it over for Mega Man. Mega Man has a famous pause trick that he does against the Yellow Devil in Mega Man 3, I want to say. I don't know if you guys ever played Mega Man 3, but the Yellow Devil is a BS boss. And so what you have to do in order to beat him <laughs> is you shoot a lightning bolt and you pause, 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 and you keep doing that, and it continuously hits him. So I wouldn't put it past Mega Man to shoot a beam of electricity at Samus and then pause, 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 so it does a billion times more damage. Um, I have no argument for Samus. Uh, I really, like, she's done some cool things. Uh, She's punched a monster once. Um, And that's my argument for Mega Man. So hopefully (laughs) that helps you, Josh. That's that's see, isn't that funny? I went with Mega Man without even remembering Rush. <laughs> huh? Now I'm see, I super I, Mega Man. There, yeah, there. Uh, he Ty, you got me on this one. Um, I completely forgot about Rush for some reason. I did not write Rush in my notes because I made a mental note of it earlier when I was doing my research. Um, and I was like, I need to talk about Rush because like Rush is going to be a big one on this but i completely spaced it and i don't know man mega man's got some pretty cool stuff samus has got some some pretty cool abilities too so i think it's going to blindside mega man a bit but man, that rush is such a game changer yeah i'm sticking uh i'm sticking mega man uh <laughs> gary well what? i certainly hope um that they serve pizza on this hill because i ain't moving <laughs> I'm gonna die on this hill. The reason it's why a very I say that, hill. Oh, I'm okay with that. I'm in isolation with nobody in my house, so whatever. <laughs> I'll just rock and roll on that. So here's why. Because she's still badass. Done punching monsters. It's cool. She likes dogs, she befriends the dog, pets the dog. Yeah, there you go. Whatever. I don't know what I'm saying there, but it's just I got to go with my gut because I think she's got too many weapons and too much experience and and she's organic. So I think she'll be able to adapt to it. And uh, so the reality is, is I'm I'm just going to stick with it. Die on the hill, man. I, I respect that much, much love. Uh, it was nice that, knowing you guys. It actually turned into a handicap match, Jim. That was pretty unfair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I. I... I don't know how I missed Rush. I feel I feel silly on that one, to be completely honest. Jim Jim's an animal guy too, which is funny. Like you like animals, yeah. and I, I don't. Oh, I mean, not like not like an yeah. animal person. Like you like <laughs> you animal. don't know me. 
<laughs> like you're part animal. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, that one. Rob Schneider. I forgot to mention on the first one that one will be, will be up on the poll in the Character Fight Night fan stand group. Just go to Facebook, search Character Fight Night fan stand, send us an invite to join, and we will let you in. You can join the discussion, join the polls, comment, and get your comments read on after the fight. Moving on to our main event tonight, guys. Uh, this has been a fun, fun uh, night so far, so let's keep it going. Uh, very, very popular um, shows. So, yeah, also submitted by someone near and dear to us. You guys can submit fights as well on Character uh, Character Fight Night Fan Stand. If you want to just post fights, we can pull from them. I'm, I'm cool with doing that. Uh, this one comes from Das Thief on Twitch. And this fight is going to be introduced by Mr. Metatron right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is fight number three and is a main event tag team match. Introducing first, from the Star Wars universe, representing the Mandalorian, Din Jaren and Grogu! And their opponents, from the Marvel Universe, representing the Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy! They are Rocket, Raccoon, and Groot! All right. Uh, special thank you to Das Thief again for supplying us with the fight. Uh, this one is basically a Disney Plus championship. Or something, something like that. <laughs> or something. I mean, amazing. you got, they're both on Disney Plus, you're, right? So you're a man of amazing words, Josh, I have to say. Disney Plus off. <laughs> no. Disney Plus minus one. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the fight before I lose all of the listeners. <laughs> we have, too late. I know, Mando. Uh, Din Jaren is that how you Din, say his name? Din Jaren, Din Jaren, uh, and Baby Groot versus Rocket Raccoon. What? Sorry, no, nope. I'm sorry. What? I'm I'm running that back. Hold on, I'm running that back. Edit take point. two, take two. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so we have the characters from The Mandalorian versus the characters from Marvel. Uh, Din Jaren and Baby Yoda, Grogu versus Rocket Raccoon and Baby Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. And you know, honestly, I didn't even write any notes on this one, I just circled who I thought was gonna win. I think it's a pretty, <laughs> I think it's a pretty easy fight to be honest. So, here's my I wrote down one note, so here's my one note. Grogu is still learning his powers. So he's a baby. 
you know, baby, whatever. He's like a hundred years old or whatever, but he's a baby in the eyes of like his race. Okay. He's 50. Uh, he's a baby in the eyes of his race. And so he's, he hasn't discovered his full potential, his full powers yet. Uh, Mando, I'm going to call him Mando. Uh, Mando doesn't, he's a badass, but in a, tag team match or a 2v2 match whatever this ends up being you have to rely on your your partner and i know he's protected him before but it was kind of like uh last ditch effort well that and it was also like last ditch effort like mando was completely helpless and then it took grogu coming in to help him like from we have talked We have talked about how, like, just just as a real quick, we have talked about how inexperience with powers can be a very deadly thing, though, because inexperience, he doesn't know his limits. So I don't know if that's going to, like, do, you know, change anything for you. I just wanted to mention that real quick, though. No, I mean, that's a fair argument. I just don't think he knows, you know, it's one thing to know your powers and not know your, uh, your limits. And it's another thing to not know the powers at all. How to, how to do that. Yeah, that's true. I know he can, you know, uh, move things and and do things like that. He can grab the ball from uh, the Mando's force, hands. Josh. Sorry. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. So I just think like if spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen uh, Mandalorian, but with him going to like the Jedi and actually learning his powers and learning how to harness them and use them. He's going to be a force to be reckoned with. But at this point in time, I really don't think he's a, uh, I think he is like what I said with um, the, the last fight that we had with Atreus and um, Oh God, why am I missing his name? Kratos Kratos. is, is uh, I think he's going to be the liability of the group. Mando's going to have to look out for him. Mando's going to get caught off guard. You have Rocket. I know I haven't talked about them. I'm hoping you guys can talk about Rocket and, and Groot a little bit. But you have Rocket who, you know, he's a pretty badass. He can fly, I think. Because he had jetpacks or something. Jetpacks, yeah. He has jetpacks. He has guns. Groot has, you know, he, I saw a picture of it's him tough. with a gun. <laughs> but he also has, like, you know, the tree, the, the swamp thing type things where he has the tree you know branches and all that kind of stuff the roots and i think this fight is pretty cut and dry i think uh i'm i'm definitely going um rocket raccoon and baby baby groot uh i don't see myself changing my mind but i could be wrong ty has pulled off miracles before so uh let's kick it over to gary because i think he's been going last ish it's all good, man. I've been enjoying the discussions, but thank you, Josh. Um, I thought on surface it would be Grogu and um, and Mando. Um, you know, there's some obvious advantages, like Grogu can actually like use the Force, and Mando just like, you know, I mean, he's got he's got Beskar armor. You know, he flies around. He's a bounty hunter. He's badass. But the thing is. If um, we look at Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda 99% of the time is cute. You look at Groot, Groot most of the time is cute. Baby Groot is, right? Regular Groot, there's no way that that could ever be one. I think Baby Groot and Baby Yoda are going to end up hanging out together, watching 
Bando and Rocket Raccoon, <laughs> bro. So that being said, amazing. Okay, that being said, you remove those guys from the match, and then you've got uh, you've got Rocket Raccoon um, out teching Mando. Now the Beskar armor is awesome and it can like bounce off of stuff, but I think Rocket Raccoon is cagey enough to be able to build stuff to be able to get around the, the the armor. And I think in the end, he actually will win that fight. But if we're talking raw reach, like going with the trend from last fight, then of course Mando's got him. But Rocket Raccoon is just, uh, he's just really, really, um, you know, he's like a street fighter. He's a scrapper. And Mando is more of a, a formal fighter. And I have to go with the street scrapper on that one. So I, uh, I Agree. I know we're getting some some notes from our from our producer here saying you know Beskar uh, is the strongest armor in the galaxy, but we've also seen Mando take hits in his armor and be incapacitated. Yes, so, it's the human underneath. Yeah, totally agree. Concussive force, man. So I don't know. We'll we'll have to still have to see Jim. Uh, what do you, what do you have? I'm uh, much to Ty's dismay. I think I'm also going to be Rocket Raccoon and uh, Groot on this just because, I mean, you know, you guys kind of have hit on a few of the points already. You know, Rocket's got the scrappiness. He's, um, you know, got the uh, the genetic, um, you know, enhanced physiology of, I mean, granted it's of a raccoon, so take that with a grain of salt. But you know, so I mean, he's got his intense intelligence. He does have an enhanced strength as well. Um, so he is able to use weapons that are designed to be wielded by like normal sized people. So, you know, he was able to tackle Gamora um, and, you know, like stuff like that. So he's actually able to, you know, stun and hit like man sized. People, people. I don't want to say people necessarily because I know he's not facing like, you know, all all humans. But did, you know, you he's say, got like did what pp people. <laughs> I kind of stuttered there. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> pointing that out, Josh. <laughs> um, I'm just wondering you know, what pp uh, people are. Uh, <laughs> I, I let I, you figure that one out. I have to say, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm going to uh, that. Uh, you know. Look, we always talk about, we haven't on this episode, and I'm surprised, but we always talk about the caliber of uh, enemies, right? Look yeah. at who Mando has fought. Yeah, he fought like a giant worm thing that swallowed him and all this stuff. And droids, uh, an army of droids. <laughs> You're not helping my case, uh, Ty. Uh, and, but Rocket, they faced off against Thanos, and they faced off against, you know, these, like, the uh, Chitari and yeah, other worldly uh, beings, and yeah, I, I I see kind of what you're saying. Yes, I know. I still haven't seen in game. Leave me alone. <laughs> so, um, that's okay. That one yeah, doesn't the, count because yeah. that's teenage group. That's teenage group, mm. not baby group. Baby group's only Guardians of the Galaxy two. Gotcha. Yeah, right. and actually, you know what? That that does bring me to thank you, Todd, because that actually does bring me to because we've talked a lot about Rocket, but we haven't really talked about Groot a lot. And we've seen what, like, you know, we talked about Groot versus Gragu, um, and you know what we've seen from Groot is not what you expect to see from someone of that, you know, that 
age, I guess. I, I feel weird saying that as well, too. But, you know, he still has a lot of his same abilities that, you know, he had as like older group. I mean, he we've seen him take down, again, full-size adults by being able to wrap, you know, like extend his limbs and wrap them around and, and be able to pull them around and, you know, like pull their feet out from underneath them. You know, he's got his, you know, still has a regenerative healing factor on that, which is, I mean, what allowed him to be able to take the blast that he did and still come back as a potted plant, you know, and grow into this new Groot, essentially. So, you know, he has some combat experience as well, too, being this this baby Groot. And, you know, that's more than what Gragu has. You know, so it's really going to be baby Groot and... Rocket versus the Mandalorian. I really, I don't want to bust your bubble here, but I think I read that Big Groot is actually dead, and this is a different Groot. Like a, it's not Groot. It's not Groot reborn. Okay, got it. But I mean, by okay, so which is pretty sad. (laughs) Oh, it it is super depressing, but that doesn't really take away from my point that he still has a lot of the same abilities that he's growing into and learning but he has some more combat experience so because we've seen him fight in you know guardians 2 you know and being able to use a lot of these same you know like branch growth abilities you know regenerative health um you know and the him actually fighting and being in the suit like in the suit that they like that they wear as like a team in a sense so I have to go with you know the the scrappiness and the uh, the agility of like Rocket and his fighting style and stuff, as well as the you know superhuman aspects that we see from from Groot's race, I yeah. guess against just pretty much the Mandalorian. Like Grogu is going to be able to do defense, but he's not going to be a really good offense. So Grogu, Grogu, yeah. Jim's a pro Grog- at mispronouncing me. <laughs> Gragu and Atreus. Stop it. <laughs> uh, Gary, before I kick it over to Ty, do you have any uh, last minute arguments? No, nah, man. They like fought an angel. And I mean, I got to admit the, uh, the little rhinoceros rock uh, thingy. What the hell was that thing called? Where they went and got the egg. Yeah, that was pretty spiffy. Yeah, that was the big. Uh, wasn't that the big? Uh, yeah, what was it? Worm thing? No, no, the worm thing was pretty impressive, but they used technology to beat it. The so. mud horn. Oh, that's, that's right, what it yeah. was. Thank you. Yeah, the mud horn. Yeah. yeah so the mud horn was more of like uh, their inability to, uh, not inability. I mean, mud horn or Thanos. I mean, I think strength of enemy wise. Rocket beats him on experience and with uh, technological, you know, he just builds stuff on the fly as they need it, which is pretty cool. That's one thing I think. So, um, so, so I know we're talking that we're getting, we need to talk about uh, Grogu versus Groot. Uh, real quick, I'm going to throw in my two cents. I think I, I've made it very clear. I think Grogu is a non factor. Uh, if we're going with cuteness, oh man. Uh, if we're going with cuteness, I I would give it to Grogu. He's he's definitely cuter, I think. Uh, Jim, what do you think? A cute off? I disagree. Honestly, I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this, but I disagree. I'm on Groot's side as far as like cuteness goes. Like, I I don't know. He's Grogu's cute. 
but it's from it just doesn't do it for me for whatever Grogu. reason like he's grogu is cute from a distance but i like to have uh you know like i, I would prefer to have baby groot i guess that's a weird thing to say jim's but always been a fan of wood uh gary yeah I'm, uh, oh my god this is the family podcast josh <laughs> uh, just based on that comment i'm hanging with Gro- grogu then <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> wow. wow. Uh, I'll be over here uh, not remembering his matter. Well, anyway. Uh no, honestly, I'm 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 with uh baby group uh on the cute off. But honestly, I think they're gonna hang, like I said earlier. They're gonna hang. They're gonna be good friends. That's it. Grogu's cute. I like Grogu. Um there's some uh, entertaining things, but he's really annoying too. At, at, and that's part of the endearing part of his character. So I think uh, Groot overall is just much cooler. All right, Ty, I know you're chomping so, at the bit. Let's uh, hold on. I have a quick question, real quick, before we throw this because this is technically a tag team match, correct? Yep. So, what are the chances of the man of of Mando tagging in Grogu versus Rocket tagging in? Um, tagging in group. So you have to think about that as well, too, is if the Mandalorian is staying in the whole time, he's going to start to have that fatigue factor, whereas Groot and Rocket can switch out. I was thinking that. That's why I said he's a, he's a liability. Because if, uh, if Mando tags yeah. him in, uh, yes, he has the power of the Force, but he doesn't know how to use it yet. That's, that's my argument. Is it's all defensive. If he goes yeah, the, up against it's all Rocket... Defensive right yeah, if he goes up against Rocket, I think he's uh I think it's over. But um but Ty I feel like is about to burst at the seams. So let's go over to him and get his passionate thoughts here. Oh man, I'm about to I was dying while you guys were talking. You have no <laughs> idea. I was screaming in the booth over here, like, what are you talking about? So uh so let's go through a couple of things. So what was the tally again? It was everybody for everybody's <laughs> everybody smart. All right, everybody's Marvel, huh? So you kept bringing up that he doesn't know the Force. He does know the Force. Grogu, we find out when he meets with Ahsoka Tano that he grew up on Coruscant and was trained at the Jedi Temple having many masters. He knows what he's doing. He's unable to communicate. He's he's a Jedi trapped in a baby's body, essentially. He, he understands basic. He's still a child, but he's... He understands more than you think. He doesn't just do it defensively. He force chokes Cara Dune in one episode. He knows how to force choke and use dark side powers. So that brings up an interesting thing. If he can just force choke Groot or or um, Rocket for that matter. You know, Rocket gets on his jetpack, flies in the air. So does Mando, but all baby Groot doesn't even need to tag in. He can just do it from the sideline and force choke Rocket out of the sky. He can crunch his um backpack he has this ability he throws fire back at a fire trooper at one point um he is more aware it takes a lot out of him every time he does do a force ability like lifting like you guys mentioned lifting the uh, mud horn earlier mm-hmm. but it, it it wipes him out but he's able to do giant feats of the force that even luke would struggle with when he was on dagobah lev- levitating rocks right He's already levitating things, throwing fireballs, force choking. Um, in the towards the finale for spoilers, he does like 
takes two stormtroopers, chokes them out, throws them across the room, um, all because they threw him in a cell. So he's well aware of what's going on. He's just unable to take care of himself. So he needs Mando to act as a father figure to move him around and stuff. Okay. Uh, couple, so that's a couple fun things. Um, don't da- doubt Mando's daddy love protection. Mando does anything for this child. He will go through, through the Empire to get this child back. He does not care. He blows up bases. He will show. He will break his moral codes and show his face. He will do whatever it takes to protect this child. And if Groot and Rocket present a threat to that, he will go all out. His daddy protection is a little bit greater than Rocket's. Rocket has a very caring protection for Groot, but I don't think it's as I will kill anything in front of me to protect this child as much as Din Djarin's. All right. Yeah. Now we're getting into a couple of things where I was about to burst at you, Josh. <laughs> oh, you, were, you were underplaying Dark Troopers and you're underplaying the strength of Beskar. <laughs> dark Troopers, those robots that you just are like shrugging off are like the best of the best. They are made to take on Jedi. They are, they are the robots that will destroy anything in their way. They're not those prequel robots that just kind of fall over when they get barely touched. These guys... <laughs> These guys, one of them was a hard for Din Djarin who can take on the best of the best in a lot of situations. All right. Beskar is the strongest metal in the galaxy. It literally is mined from existence. It can, It is indestructible. There is no breaking it. So there is nothing. You can punch. And in the show, he gets punched over and over in the head. And he doesn't just get knocked out. He just keeps the metal around his head forms around him because his helmet won't break before anything else around it will. So, like, don't under... There's nothing in Rocket's repertoire, I feel like, that can take that armor. That armor gets blown up. He gets shot all the time. There's nothing that can take that armor. And that's my little facts to try to get you guys on the side of Star Wars here because... Boy, did I not see this coming. <laughs> like, really? All of you? He's, I think he's pretty disappointed. Uh, I know bit. he's going to stay that way. I mean, there's more. I can get into like, there's more screen time for Mando and Baby Groot than Baby Yoda. Uh, they've gone through worse, like you guys were saying, with the, the crate dragon, the sandworm. It's called a crate dragon, guys. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Uh, so they fought like really big things and they, they're fighting. I don't know. All right. We can edit this part a bit, but that's my point. All right, <laughs> no, I got really upset. <laughs> I got really I, upset about this. I mean, I've if set, one I've thing set that you I, off before, but not like this. So I'm oh, leaving it. <laughs> my heart. If there's one thing that I've heart. learned is that Star Wars fanboys can be pretty toxic at times when it comes to like, like getting on others about like stuff that they have missed. So you have not swayed me, sir. And I'm going to leave it that way. <laughs> Jim Jim has a vendetta. <laughs> He's just Jim's butthurt because you showed him up about Star Wars. Uh no, I mean I figured that he was gonna come in and like he I knew Ty, I knew you were gonna come in swing. I was prepared for it. So I was actually surprised <laughs> that I went I was actually surprised that I went like Groot and Rocket to be completely honest. But you know, the more I was thinking about it, you know, like you wait, wait. you mentioned go ahead. So did I sway you? Rocket and Groot? Um, no, it's all kind of stuff I was already kind of thinking about a little bit. Ah. Um, but I, yeah, no, I mean, it was like, you know, like 
yeah, it was all kind of stuff I was already kind of kind of thinking about, you know, looking at some of my research and stuff too. I was kind of saying, you know, going 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 the way of of Rocket and Groot anyways, but I know like Ty, you kind of mentioned a couple things that actually kept me on the side of Rocket and Groot through your whole uh, you know, your whole spiel is you talked about like first of all communication. So he has the power of the Jedi, but he can't communicate. So that's a big thing when it comes to tag team matches is communication between you and your partner. That's something that Rocket and Groot have over uh have over uh, uh Grogu and the Mando. Um you know the other thing too is you talked about how doing a lot of these force feats takes a lot out of Grogu and actually will knock him out afterwards because he has to go into a sleep to kind of recover. So if he can do this feat, but how many times can he do it? If he can get Rocket once you know, and, you know, he can get Rocket once, but he's going to have to take time after that. So the Mandalorian's in there by himself. Um, whereas Groot actually has the ability to, you know, stretch his limbs out. So there's no telling where Groot can make the tag from as long as he's holding part of the the, the turnbuckle. He can make the tag. So he can right. tag out, you know, kind of from anywhere, really. And that's another big thing, too. So that's kind of my... So I'm... My point is, is I'm sticking with with Groot and Rocket for a lot of the reasons that we've already talked about. Okay, um, that's good. You did you did get me. You're right. <laughs> that that was good. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like I don't know where to go. <laughs> I have one. Bando has a you secret know, weapon. He does have the dark saber. He has a lightsaber now. I don't know if you guys have seen the dark saber. It's a black lightsaber. It is sick as yeah. hell. And I don't know. It, I have not God. seen season two of The Mandalorian, so you need, you need to get on that. <laughs> I yeah, know I, I meant totally to do it. Agree. But Sorry. there's one, th- there's one thing that we haven't mentioned. You know, even if he, even if Grogu gets knocked out or has to, I'm sorry, I switched. I have to, I have to say, Ty, you, you convinced me. You got me. So, <laughs> um, uh, you know, your evil uh, precedes you. Yes, you are. Uh, two two thirds, sixty seven percent. That's good. Let me get to my point. Um, well, it doesn't matter if he can do a massive spike of the force and kill um, Groot or Rocket, uh, or take him out of the match. That's it. That's all that has to happen. Splat done. And that's all I gotta say. It's all about the force. And you're right. I do remember he does have the ability to communicate, but with other Jedi. Jedi's understand him inherently. They also have seen the pain. They've also seen a lot of the things he has done. And actually, uh, throughout the second season, he did get a lot more aggressive and um, showed a lot more of the chops. And he wasn't such a gimp. So I think, honestly, in my mind, that um, uh, without even a question that, you know, sure, this is Scrappiness Rocket. and Baby Groot is is really cute and has a lot of uh, really cool powers. You know, like the ability to summon, you know, and control wood creatures and like, you know, telepathy. I read up on a whole bunch of stuff, but that was from the big group and what he could do. But so I'm switching because Grogu kills. That's it. He can kill. So you said he can communicate with Jedi. That's all good and fine. But where are the Jedi in this match? Oh, I don't think it matters. If he actually understands the context, because we've already established the fact, mm-hmm. it's not a question of whether or not he understands it, what's going on. It's whether or not he chooses to do something about it. So the, in this, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, so I was going to bring up an example in the Mandalorian season one. He 
then is having an arm wrestle with another character and baby Yoda perceives that as a threat to Mando. So he starts force choking the other person and like, <laughs> he doesn't need to communicate. If he sees it, he will protect Mando yeah. with the dark side even. <laughs> right. So, um, and to that and, and to add to it, uh, it's a, it's the distinguishment um, in the match, because Baby Groot sure has a lot of those powers and stuff, but he's tiny and he's not developed. If it was grown-up Groot, I might be a little bit more swayed that they would stand more of a chance because he was able to protect, you know, his opponents. But he's not. It's Baby Groot. So Baby Yoda far outpowers even Mando when it comes to certain things, you know, Beskar aside. And yeah, sure, okay, Beskar can stop lightsabers, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is... um. I think uh, in the end, it's actually Grigor is the X factor. Now, I still think they're going to hang out and not fight. But, you know, <laughs> if they do fight, um, Grogu will, will conquer. He will destroy. He will become Sith, you know, not that right. cheesy. So basically, so basically what you're saying is that Grogu is a glass cannon in this, essentially. Because he's got, like, you know, like real strong hits. But I don't know if he can necessarily take the hits. Or well, like you know he might be knocked out potentially so because of the big hit. Well, yeah, well hold on, well, well real quick, Josh, no, let me Josh. answer that. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't talk, Josh, on your own show. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But uh, well, I mean, to that, yeah, sure. Glass cannon is fine. Glass cannon is great. But remember that glass cannon really hurts a lot. Glass cannon. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Quickly. So um, if he's able to. Um, if he's able to do more than one thing, depending on what the effort is, um, then I don't. I think something's pull thing, pull pulls it out of him, but he can probably do a couple of things without a problem. And you know, I I I'm still convinced exactly. Like it just takes one, it just takes one shot. And if Baby Groot goes splat, then what's he going to do to tag? And you know, he won't be able to tag, and game over. So. Yes, you're you are correct. My final thought, because I know we have to wrap this up, is uh yes, glass cannon, uh it hurts. It depends on who is in the ring at the time and who Grogu actually hits. Cause if he hits the like not the legal person, then Grogu is going down for a nap. And the person who's not legal is out of the fight, and then it's essentially a one on, the, a one on one. I was thinking the same thing actually, because like this is a tag team match, so you have one legal one legal person from each side, and the potential for disqualifications if if uh, if you've got too much interference from the non legal person. So oh. I know I know it's super super situational, but just wanted to throw my two cents in there. Yeah, but you're grasping at straws, and the reason why I say that is because. Um, we established it's not a question of contact. Right. It's a question yeah. of and understanding and comprehension. It's a question of communication. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. All right. Well, then my argument is I have a little Mr. Metatron on my shoulder and he plays the heel. So I'm going with the less popular answer. I'm sticking with Rocket and Groot. <laughs> what do you mean less popular answer? Where am I? What, what with, am I? Like, chopped with, liver on this? With this group, obviously, we're getting dragged over the coals. 
Oh, I was going to say, I was like, it's a 50-50 right now between the four of us, I'm, but, you know, I'm, between the, the three of us. I, Anyways. I think it's going to come to a cute off, honestly, on the poll. <laughs> I think I yeah, think, I think, the, so I think that I we're outnumbered, Jim. Yeah, I, I, I think so, too. You know what, Josh? I think uh, Jim, one cheers. last time tonight, we're going we're gonna down to We're going to die in this hill together. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drink to that. Uh, <laughs> cool. So, uh, quick final tally. Uh, you all heard me. I'm uh, I'm Team Rocket Groot. Uh, Jim, I'm also Team Rocket Group. Gary, I gotta go with uh, Grogu Mando, man. And Ty, you you don't matter. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, Just my kidding. God. This is tear on me, David. You matter. In, <laughs> you matter in every other. Try sense, so Ty. hard for you guys. I, I really, really, I really wanted to. You know, you keep talking about how you're dying on the hill, Josh, but if we remove Ty from consideration, I'm dying on the hill again, except this time I at least have company with Ty. That's so, true. Yeah. yeah. Thank, so thank, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you for uh, taking my producer down with you. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So if you need a job, I have a producer role open, apparently, because my producer went down with the ship. Uh, just kidding. Uh, no, that, that was great input. I, I tell you, you almost had me. Jim brought up some great points right at the last second that kind of made me want to stay. And so I decided to swallow my probably my better instincts and <laughs> stay on this hill with Jim. It was the higher ground. I have the higher ground. That's why we win. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Don't don't mistake height with, you know. <laughs> oh, I'll just be over here being quiet. Uh, it was <laughs> nice being on the show. Uh, I hope we get invited again. You know. <laughs> well, guys, that's gonna that's gonna wrap up our show for the night because I know we went a little overboard with all of our bickering, but that's what makes we the show great. Do. If you want to hear more content, uh, Jim, where can we hear more Character Fight Night? Yeah, you. every in-between episode, we have CFN After the Fight, which is kind of a show where we kind of take a few, uh, a few extra minutes to talk more about fights. We um, take some time to read your guys' comments on these fights, as well as to announce poll uh, kind of wins or, you know, kind of see how things are going in the polls. Um, and we also have our character-driven gauntlet match. So stay tuned for that every uh, every Monday in between Character Fight Night episodes. What a... Uh, what's that word? I don't know. Exciting? <laughs> it's a hoot nanny. A hoot nanny. It's a hoedown. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll cut that out. <laughs> um, so we do have uh, the next character uh, chosen gauntlet match. We had Waldo pick up a victory, surprisingly, against Bucky O'Hare. And then Jim, very can surprising. You, can you give us a sneak peek at the uh, what's going on right now? Well, as far as the next gauntlet match goes, um, sure, why not? Um, well, it's out right got, now. Technically, it is out right now, so it's not really a sneak peek. In in I'm not sure what what you're meaning by sneak peek. I honestly never mind. I'll cut that out too. <laughs> yeah, I know that was like I actually don't know what you were meaning with the sneak peek. I don't so. know. I'm trying to go off. Sorry, I'm trying to go off ties uh, ties comments and stuff too. 
Um, we, oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gary, do you have anything to plug? Uh, no, not really. Um, I mean, I'm working on a new documentary, but it's just in the treatment development phase. So um, a little bit of time there, but you know, just uh, kind of rocking and rolling. Very cool. All right. Well, special thanks to you, Gary. Thank you for joining us again. It's always great to have you on the show and all your uh, very mature arguments <laughs> so that's gonna do it for character fight night for jim wade ty and my guest gary tonight we thank you for joining us until next time stay safe and let your characters do the fighting for you bye thanks guys thank you so much Hashtag follow the fight on social media, Twitter at Character Fight Night, Instagram at Character Fight, Facebook, Facebook.com backslash Character Fight Night. Join the new Character Fight Night Facebook group. Search Character Fight Night Fan Stand or try the link Facebook.com backslash Character Fight Night Fan Stand.